I have to say good job to the young man. I know what I was doing at his age. It was not attending worship, that's for sure. We want to keep him encouraged and keep each other encouraged in our walk of life with Christ. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, ye who are rich in grace and mercy, thank you for grace and truth was realized through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your great son who died on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary, who went to the cross with joy because he loved us so much. Help us, Lord God, to understand our true obligation to serve you. Bless us that we'll find that commitment and that love for you as you've loved us. We ask, Lord God, that you will help our minds to be prepared this evening to worship you in spirit and in truth, praying that all things that will and have been said and done will and have been pleasing and acceptable unto thee. These things we ask and pray and thank you for. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, to be thy will. Amen. Please turn to Philippians uh, chapter 2. Tonight, uh, the subject of keeping your eyes on the prize. It carries with it the idea of a team working together, working hard together to serve the Lord, to gain access to that heavenly home. Not just, if you will, the heavenly home that is to come. The Bible tells us in John 17, eternal life is something we also receive now. But moving forward in Christ, walking the way Christ wants us to walk, living the way that Christ wants us to live. We have this thing called a participation award. Not in Christ. (laughs) There is no participation award in Christ. In fact, do you know that just being a Christian isn't enough? It's a start, but it isn't enough. Philippians 2 and verse 12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, and not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. There's this individual... Uh, activity that I have to put into my relationship with the Lord. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. We're working out our soul salvation. We're walking with the Lord. We're pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In service, collectively and individually, keep your eyes on the prize. So I want to talk about how great Maybe not how great heaven is, but just the idea of how great it is to have that focus. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. To keep our eyes on the prize, preparing ourselves and living for Jesus in such a way that we can in the end of our lives say, I have fought the good fight of faith. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future. Here's a man who's facing death. And he knows it. It's, it's intimate, intimate. He knows what's going to happen. He's, in, he's incarcerated. He's sending out letters. He says, in my future, in the future, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved 
his appearing. Notice he calls it an award. God is going to award to me. In other words, I've done what, what God has asked of me to do. And by his grace and mercy, the Lord Jesus is going to reward me with his gift of heaven. Brethren, but you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. And then there's this crown, Revelation chapter 3. There's this crown that God promises to give to his people. And brethren, I encourage you, let no one take away your crown. Verse 11 says, I am coming quickly, hold fast what you have in order that no one take your crown. In the midst of a tremendous persecution, he says, don't let anyone take your crown. Galatians 5, please, in verse 7. See, this is what happens in, in the church in this particular day. Uh, the Jews were coming around and they were trying to take away the crown from the Christians who come, who love the Lord, the Gentiles. And they were saying, you know, you're not really a Christian, even though you've been baptized, unless you've been circumcised. And Paul says, that's not how you learn Christ. It's not how you learn Christ. In verse 7 of Galatians chapter 5, he says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? In other words, he's saying, when you look back at your life, what happened? What caused you to stray away from the Lord? We must continue in God's grace. Colossians, please, chapter 2. Continue in the grace of God. Continue to remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in his love. This, the Bible is so powerful and it's full of encouragement. Right? It's encouraging to read it every day, to pick it up and say, Lord, what do you want me to know today? Help me to stay in your grace. Keep all things away from me that will hinder me from receiving my crown. Verse 18. Let no one defraud you or let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his belly or by his fleshly mind, excuse me. Why do we allow people to talk to us as if there's something greater than Jesus Christ. You know, they've got great things to say, but they have nothing that's greater than Jesus Christ. And we'll conversate, we will enjoy the conversation. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and, and yet, yet, you know, it's hard sometimes, I know it. It's hard to make that transition, that shift. I know it from personal experience. Over to talking about the great football game, over to the great Jesus Christ. You know, over from, from the great day at the movies or at work, over to the greatness of Jehovah God. But brethren, somehow we've got to find the way to find that joy in Christ for the, ground, the crown that we have coming for us. To be able to, to infiltrate the conversation, to find a way to bring Jesus into the conversation, the people in whom we speak with. In verse 24, the Bible says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Context is so important. Because if you stop reading right here, you think, man, only one person is going to make it to heaven. But that's not how this works. See, we're not competing with each other. Instead, we're holding on to each other. 
Right? We're walking together to heaven with the Lord. In verse 25, he goes on to say, And everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable, therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I buffet my body and make it my slave. Lest possibly, after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. In other words, Paul says, I've got this focus and this aim. And this aim is what keeps me going. And you know what keeps us going under trials? Jesus. Jesus. There's no greater name given among men than Jesus. And the more that I think about Jesus, please turn with me to James chapter 1. When my trials come my way, and prayerfully I think of Jesus before the trial comes my way, the more I think about Jesus, I can't help but to think about the prize that he's going to bring to me one day. Jesus. There's no greater name than Jesus. You know, it's kind of interesting. In uh, in Jamaica, if you were being robbed and you mention the name of Jesus... Most most criminals will stop their activity. They're afraid of the name Jesus. Just when you go to Jamaica, use that if you ever have to. Jesus. Do we fear that name? That name of Jesus. To stand up under trial. Verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who... Who love him. That crown of life. Just the name of Jesus. Just standing up under the trial. When you stand under the trial. And look up at Jesus. Remember Stephen? He was being stoned. And what did he do? He looked to heaven and said. I see the clouds opening. He saw Jesus. Finding the joy in Jesus Christ. The joy in being a Christian. In verse 2 of James chapter 1. Consider it all joy my brethren. When you encounter various trials. How difficult that is but to think about jesus to know that this too shall end and one day i'm going to go home and be with jesus it gives us the strength to stand up yet one more day knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance that jesus is doing something for me through this trial it gives me the strength to stand up under the trials that satan brings upon us Philippians uh, chapter chapter 3. No one, not one of us, no one's getting out of here alive. <laughs> right? No second opinion needed on that one. Are you willing to lose all for the name of Jesus Christ? I mean, if, if that were what was before you, it, you, you can have it all without Jesus, or you can lose it all. To gain Jesus. Is Jesus so important in your life that you're willing to lose it all for Jesus Christ? Verse 7 of Philippians chapter 3. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered loss, the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. To count it as rubbish. You you know when, um, you know when things mean 
so little that we don't even care about anymore. You know when things, the things I've striven after, the things I've wanted all my life, I've desired it, I've wanted it so passionately. You know when it just doesn't matter anymore? When you're on your deathbed. And then you start thinking about your soul. Why wait that long? Why not instead experience the great joy in Christ while you're alive here on the earth and thriving? Paul says, I counted all this rubbish. You know how simplified life becomes when you start going, ah, you know, it's just this, oh, it's just that, it's not a big deal. It's going to, you know, one of our brothers used to always say to me, you know, Tony, everything's going to burn up anyway. Don't put your heart, don't put your life, don't put your mind into those things. Those things are all going to go away anyway. It's not that important. Don't worry about it. Verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it, I've already become perfect, but I press on in order that I might lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Keeping your eyes on the prize. So God has a requirement. Turn to Hebrews 11. He has a requirement for his children in regards to keeping our eyes on the Lord. And I love this requirement because we're all different. We're in different walks of our lives. We have different measures of faith. But the requirement is you have to have faith. And without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it, preacher, because I've got these things I'm working on in my life. And I say to you, have faith. Well, you know, life has been tough. I've been struggling here with this and with that. Have faith. Keep the faith. Keep your own hope within yourself as God has promised. Keep it alive. Continue to press on for the prize that God has for us. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarder of those who seek him. I think sometimes we run that together. You must believe that he is. Remember Jesus said that. Unless you believe that I'm he, you would die in your sins. You must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see the prize? It's not just heaven. The prize is in this life as well. It's in that, that peace that surpasses all comprehension. It, it's in this relationship that we have with God. You have to have faith and know that God has it covered. In my most anxious moments, at some point, brethren, you got to drop down to your knees and pray to God and give it to Him and have faith. Well, what if it doesn't work out the way that I want it to? Well, have faith. Have faith. That's what God commands of us, to have faith. We're keeping our eyes on the prize. We're knowing that we're going to fall short. But we're not allowing that to be an excuse. Instead, we're going to live by faith. James said it this morning. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Chapter 12, chapter 11, 
Here are the heroes of faith. But I want you to go to chapter 12. They're looking at what is the focus then? What, how do I do this? How do I keep my eyes? How is it possible to keep my eyes on the prize of heaven? So verse 1 and verse 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now that sounds easy, but it's a lot harder than it sounds if you don't have faith. When you have faith, you say, I'm going to set this aside. It's so important to me, but I'm going to set it aside. And then tomorrow I go pick it up again. And then, but then I say, I'm going to set it aside. And then about halfway through the day, I pick it up again. But at some point in my life, I'm going to be able to leave that burden. I'm going to be able to leave that thing that, that so easily entangles me. I'm going to be able to leave that one there. And then I'll start on the next hundred, right? But I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to live by faith, right? I'm going to keep my eyes focused. Verse two. Keeping your eyes fixed. Listen, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You see, I'm not going to fix my eyes on that any longer. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize of heaven. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. And keeping my eyes on Jesus keeps my eye off of that object. You know, I went to class to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And um, it was kind of amazing. Well, it really was amazing. I was running, and they were teaching you how to turn. And they were saying, the way that you look is where the bike is going to go. You know, if you want the bike to go over there, then you look over there, you're going to take it right there. What happens oftentimes is we take our eyes off of the goal, and then people crash, et cetera, et cetera. And that's amazing. The way you look, where you're looking, where your eyes are focused, that's where you're going to go. And so if my eyes are focused on this object, this thing that's drawing me away from Jesus, yes, I'm going to go to that object. But if my eyes are on Jesus and on the prize of heaven, I know that I'll keep my, mo- my mind focused on his will. That's what Jesus did. He put his eyes on the cross. And that's what we're supposed to do. In First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, we have this rewarding passage. You know, folks were struggling. You know, the, the church of Thessalonica, they, they loved the Lord. But they were really struggling. Because what was the point of serving God if they missed the resurrection? You know, they missed it. I mean, Jesus has come and gone, and we're still here on the earth dealing with these Romans. And Paul wanted to comfort them and help them to keep their eyes on the prize of heaven, on Jesus. In verse 13, he says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Isn't it wonderful to know 
that in your relationship with God, you can know where you're going. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. Do you believe it? The Bible says we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. Instead, we are people who are fixed in hope. And when Jesus comes back, he's taking us all home. Isn't it great? You know where you're going. You stay with the Lord. That alone helps me to keep my focus on Jesus. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. To know where I'm going. To know that I don't have to stare, if you will, down the barrel of death and fear. No, I can stand down the barrel of death in confidence. That's a difference. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. That name, Jesus. There's no name greater than Jesus. In verse 50 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, remind one another, brethren, we are not only on the winning team, we are on the team that has already won. Together in Christ, let us help each other, hold each other up. Let us help each other get to heaven. That's what's important. Nothing else is important. That is what is important. Verse 50. The Bible says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, Where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. In the Lord. In other words, what you're doing tonight, what you've done today, and what you will do this week is not in vain in your service to God. Everything that we're doing is making us and taking us closer to home. For today, we're closer to home than we were yesterday. And if tomorrow comes, we'll be closer to home than we were today. And every day that comes our way, we are closer to the finish line. And we are not people who are fighting to save our souls. We're fighting because our souls are saved. Tonight we encourage you, if you are struggling in your faith, to come and ask for prayers. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith and not give up. Keep your eyes on the prize of heaven. Continue to remain in the name of Jesus. If you're not a Christian, we encourage you to become one and surrender to God in the waters of baptism. If there is something that we can do, please make it known. While together we stand and sing our song of invitation, why don't you come?